Yo, this is gonna be amazing. Yo! Yo! What's good? <laughs> People don't even know how, how long we go back, but I'm excited uh, to have you on the show. Ron Burge is here. What's up, man? Hey, man, cheers. I'm, I'm representing Cincinnati. That's with, awesome. Uh, Rheingeist bubbles. So I'm gonna pop it right now. Ready? Here we go, ready. Put it up to the microphone. Oh, Get that? it echoed and everything. It's good. It's good stuff. It's kind of like uh, champagne meets rosé. Mm. Cheers. Cheers, man. Yeah. But it's been a long day for me. I'm, I'm admittedly a little bit... First, first, I'll take a sip on. Yeah, please. It's already my third beer. Don't worry about it, people. I'm fine. <laughs> um, you know, it's been kind of like a, a long day for me. And just uh, the COVID-19 thing has been kind of crazy for me. But uh, I'm excited to talk to you tonight. And I want to make sure that... Um, you know, I show your great light because I know like when I work with you briefly and um, I just know like your energy, like you bring such a positivity to things. And I'm actually somewhat happy that I had kind of a long crappy day because I can kind of show, you know, what you're like when you're in your zone. <laughs> I remember once Thanks, you, return, you, you returned from a meeting and you were blasted. You came back from a meeting that was a stressful meeting and you closed the door and you were just like, oh. He's, and, and like you close the door and then all of a sudden I heard you were blasting by yourself Madonna and you were screaming <laughs> and you were like screaming like spitefully singing Madonna on the top of your lungs. I was like this guy's the man. So yeah cool. that's because you were always there like late and after hours so yes like, I'd be coming yeah, yeah, back yeah. from there shutting the door yeah. and yeah it was either Madonna or something Broadway. Yeah for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, time, I just want to I think it'd be good to kind of like, because early on in my journey, I used to be like, oh, I was on like the global, I worked very briefly for, for you, but that time was really meaningful in my life. And um, I remember at the time I desperately needed that because I had been getting like bounced from freelance, like one freelance job and it was just, and then I went to Hershey for, you know, uh, a few weeks there and uh, you guys were all so cool and really showed me that it was possible to be in a work environment where people were kind and nice and um, actually cared. I remember like when, the first time I went to Hershey and somebody asked me about my day, they were like, hey, like, how are you doing today? I was like, oh, good. They're like, how so? And I was like, oh, you know, just, it's, I'm excited to be here. They're like, that's great. Like, have you been anywhere to eat? And they were so nice to me. And I genuinely think if not for my time working there, I might have lost my mind. So shout out to oh, you man. and Jazz and everyone there. That's but, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. for people that don't know you, though, and aren't as intimately familiar with, you know, the, the legend that is Ron Burridge, tell people about yourself and we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm Ron Burridge. I'm a creative director and uh, designer, um, speaker, dabble in, in acting when I can uh, get a chance to do that. It's a passion of mine. Um, but I've been in the creative uh, profession now for almost 30 years, which is crazy to think. Yeah. Um, I mean, considering I'm 38, right? So uh, anyway, now I've, I've been in uh, the profession for about 30 years. I started my career on the agency side. Um, and then I had truly like the best job in the world. I was uh, a designer for Disney, uh, working in their parks and resorts division in uh, Orlando, Florida, uh, working on uh, the new theme park that at the time was the first to be built in California called California Adventure. Yes. Um, amazing, amazing time of my life. Um, but I was, uh, I was uh, courted by Procter & Gamble and um, in actually in Cincinnati, Ohio. And yes. uh, I came and joined Procter and I was here for a year and Cranium, the game company, um, 
they called me. They're like, we're looking for our, our first creative director. And, you know, we, we love the Disney side. We love the P&G side. Um, and I left P&G to go to Cranium, which was awesome. I, I kind of feel like I needed that startup um, experience because at, at the time, everything was like startup, startup, startup. So that was awesome. Um, Cranium ended up uh, selling to Hasbro, the game company. And uh, I came back to Proctor and spent seven more years there as the um, creative lead on their hair care and skincare businesses. Um, spent a couple years in Geneva. Oil of Olay you worked on, right? That was Olay, the Rob. Oil of Olay. Olay. There's no oil of, just Olay. Oh, oh Olay. Um, Olay. Yes, we, they dropped the oil of a really long time ago. But yeah, um, it's funny. Uh, Olay, at the t and I can say this, when I was a kid, I, my great, I lived with my grandparents. My parents passed away when I was pretty young. And um, my great-grandmother lived with us. And her room was like a shrine. You, you really had to be invited in. But she had um, these two ceramic poodles on her dresser, Mima, I lovingly refer. And in the middle of the two poodles was her bottle of oil of Olay. And, um, oh, wow. and I remember like as a kid, I just wanted to touch it. I just, I'm like, what is that? And she put that stuff everywhere. It was not just face. It was like face, hands, feet. Anyway, um, so yeah. yeah, I had I had this affinity with the brand, and I remember when I first interviewed with Procter and Gamble, all I wanted to work on was Olay, and my first job was working on Dawn uh, Dish Care, which was awesome brand. I but love I'm that like, brand. Oh, I want to work on Olay. Like, oh, the best. Yeah, the ducks, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to I work on ducks. Olay. I love ducks. I want to get I want to get a house so I can have ducks. <laughs> Most people yeah. want a house so they can get like a dog. I want a house so I can have like a fleet of. I don't know what the word is. A flock, I guess. A flock, ducks. right, right. Yeah, I yeah. love ducks. Most, most New Yorkers want a house so they can live in something more than 600 square feet. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, Sorry, you were yeah, so, on my apologies, go ahead. This yeah, no, so I, I, gotta, I gotta stay out of the way tonight. I gotta do my I, best. I'm used to it, Rob. I know okay, you well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, so I wanted to work on Olay. I ended up getting Dawn, which was a great experience. But then when I came back to Proctor, I was so excited. I started on Gillette, which was amazing. And Gillette had a sister brand, Venus. Um, and I was working on the body care side of that. And then that moved in, uh, onto Olay. So it was just, uh, that was a great ride. So I was there seven years. Um, and, and then I, I, joined Hershey, like truly the sweetest place on earth. I've, I've worked at the happiest place on earth, at Disney, the sweetest place on earth with, with Hershey. I spent five years at Hershey uh, leading design, um, just truly some of the best experiences of my life, um, getting to work not only on, on the brands and the products that of course everybody knows and loves, Reese's and Kisses and Twizzlers and Jolly Rancher, um, but all, and of course Hershey, but right. also I had the opportunity to work on um, on Hershey Park and with Hershey Entertainment, which was really the first time that design inside Hershey's Foods um, was collaborating with the entertainment side. So um, I did amazing stuff there. In fact, you got to experience it. Um, we worked on Triple Tower, which was their giant like drop ride, and we branded it. Um, you know, I didn't Kisses, do it. Races, I and Hershey. Doing it. Now I want to go back and do it. You could go back. If the world um, opens up again, we'll go on tower. It will. We'll it will open up. It will that's open good. up, and that's I'll good. meet you in in Hershey, PA. That sounds good. Um, yeah. Uh, so that we worked on some theme park stuff, and then of course the the flagship um, Hershey's Chocolate World in New York City, like 
just a dream come true. Right. Um, and, you know, and then truly the biggest dream of my life has been to live in New York City. And so um, PepsiCo called me a, a couple of years ago and, uh, you know, told me about a role to lead uh, their beverage design group out of North America. Um, so I joined PepsiCo living in New York City, um, literally seeing theater every single week, like two to three I was, shows. I was worried about you for a while. <laughs> this guy's working like 70 hour work weeks and going nonstop to Broadway. I was like, when does he sleep? And that does not add up here. You know, it's funny because I think a lot of creatives, like, you know, everybody has their own outlet. My creative outlet has always been theater. So whether it was, you know, um, you know, when, when I was at Hershey, I was still inspired by theater. I mean, I was going into New York all the time. Um, but at, at Pepsi, it just put me right there. I, I, um, my office, I, I shared two offices. One in, in the city was our, our design center in Soho. And then the other was in White Plains. And so I would take um, a train or a bus. I live right by there. I was the Plains, man. <laughs> That's a good place. Yeah, I uh, but I would, I'd take the bus home and I'd just stop in Times Square and get on like StubHub or TKTS and say, okay, what can I see? So uh, yeah, I just, I, I joined, uh, or I, I did as many, um, uh, saw as many shows as I could that I mean like truly the inspiration like Super Bowl was inspired by like a set piece from Frozen when it like wow. froze over I'm like how can we make a Pepsi can freeze over um, and and I think a lot of people were like how do you find time to do it And I'm like if I didn't do theater like creatively I would just be like oh whatever. you know I need I needed something there so yeah that's uh, yeah that's what I've been doing and um, you know pre-COVID uh, which just crazy um, at the end of the year, I decided uh, to take a creative sabbatical, which I, I've never done in my life. I've always... Um, you I was know, so I, I... happy because you had not <laughs> stopped working. You had not stopped moving. I, you know, it's I'm funny. Telling I remember... you, you, are, you are the one of the hardest working people in this industry. You, you, you <laughs> Thanks, like, work your ass off and then you move and uproot your life and like do it again. And, and when you were like, I'm taking time for myself, I was so happy to hear that because like, that's yeah. great. I think it's good. Thanks. thanks. I'm sorry, yeah. we're not expecting COVID-19 to happen, but. Yeah, no, I had, um, <laughs> uh, I had planned this creative sabbatical. I actually had booked three yoga retreats and I had it set the first one in February in, in Costa Rica, which I did, which I, I, I can't say enough about. We could talk about that later. Um, then I was supposed to go on uh, a okay. second retreat in Portugal in April and that canceled and I'm I have one scheduled in June in Tuscany and they're kind of thinking it might happen I'm thinking it's probably not going to happen I don't know even if I'd really yeah. want to do it quite that but anyway so yeah I was going to do this creative right. sabbatical really figure out you know kind of what my my next step would be um you know like discover kind of myself do my midlife crisis a little bit um but yeah then COVID came um <laughs> And man, you know, what a, what a, a, I mean, first, like, I think it's important as creatives, um, first to kind of talk through like the emotions of it, because it was, um, I, I think sometimes like we're, even as I'm seeing how brands are responding to COVID and, and of course, from a branding community, our response to the brands that are responding to COVID. And it's, it's such a kind of like double-edged sword, right? You like either are going to speak and, um, you know, say something, put your foot in your mouth and, and, and it comes across that you're not, um, 
you know, you're not authentic or, or you're trying to make money or you're trying to sell things or you stay quiet. And then you risk people actually saying like, where is X brand that I know and love? What are they doing right now? So it is yeah. this really delicate kind of space. And so, you know, I say all of that because I, I mean, clearly I'm in the thick of COVID with, with everybody. I mean, I, I did, um, I left New York about five weeks ago when I realized, okay, everything's closing down and to be stuck in, in my apartment, um, didn't really seem like the, right. the, uh, yeah. the place to be. But anyway, um, I say all of that because I, I think it's just changed our lives and it's going to change. I think every industry. Um, and it's going to take a, a, a while for us to, um, I think, as creatives, to feel confident again, to move forward, um, you know, and, and do bold things when, you know, some, there's going to be some hand slapping along the way here. But yeah, anyway, yeah, so that's, that's kind of like the, the journey that got me to <laughs> this conversation with you. But I, I will say one thing, Rob, like yes. about you, you were one of the first um, for one of the first interviews that I had done mm -hmm. while I was at Hershey. Um, and so I, and I just have to say like, you reached out to me and didn't stop reaching out and didn't stop reaching out. I'm like, what is up with this guy? And I have to say like, I, in hindsight, right. I go back and I, I'm going to do a shout out. My very first design boss is on this call. Her name is, is Susie Leslie. She's amazing. She's watching us. She keeps like waving and stuff. Susie took a chance on me. And like, there are moments where I feel like, you know, I've, I, I've got to give back to the community because so many people gave back to me and let me be where, you know, help me get where I am today. And man, I couldn't be more proud of you than, Thanks, than I am. I mean, like the reality is you have talked to more of my design heroes than <laughs> I have ever in my life. Uh, hey, Alex. You can um, just reach out to them. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it's crazy. And, I saw and Steve Geralt is here, by the way. I, I want to make sure that we get that. Oh, hey, Steve. There you Don't go. Stop Steve is there, stop. and, and Desiree is also here as well. So I just want to Des! Awesome. Proper shout cool, out. Cool. And, and Thanks, Faye Amarante is coming on the podcast. We just need to legally clear that, but she's coming on the podcast soon. Awesome. So. Oh, she'll be great. Yeah. It's so great. So, that, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. So, no, I, I think, you know, it's, it's awesome. I'm like at a point in my career now where I. I'm actually more excited to see the people that either I've mentored or I've managed, um, you know, get amazing things. Like Faye was like a, a junior designer for me at, at Hershey. I mean, I promoted her along the way. She left very senior, but right. she's the head of design for Danone North America right now. And I'm like, I'm just, I, I can't stop smiling. You know, yeah. it's, it's truly, it's, it's amazing. So that's, that's what I love. And I, I just want to say, man, like, what I've watched you do, I, I, as I was going on this, I'm like, how many followers does this guy even have now? You have like 16,000 followers. <laughs> it's crazy. So anyway, shout out to you, man. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. And likewise, likewise, seeing what you did with like the Super Bowl thing and, um, you know, it, it, it's all been so great. And, and it's so funny because I remember it's funny you talk about about uh, Faye, who's coming on the podcast with Fernando, how, I'm sure how I should say it. Um, I remember actually even just her, I remember one time I came down and I had and honestly, like, we're, we're going to get in, uh, like, we're going to close out with a whole bunch of questions. It'd be great. But I just want to say wh while we're on this top topic, like, I remember getting unconditional advice from Faye. And I, you know, I went and I talked at lunch about my life with, 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 um, with Des. And then we had a great lunch at Hands. I missed that Hands. And, <laughs> and, and then I remember, like, at the end of the day, like, Faye was just, like, gave, gave me this amazing, like, we had a, the podcast and then this unconditional advice. And it's like, and then Matthew Searcy, uh, another shout out from TPN. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's funny because the question I get asked the most about this whole thing, about how it all started was, is that who, you know, people want to, oh, great, I love that. Uh, people are like, well, who, who first gave you a chance? Like, how did you like get your foot in the door? And I remember like, I hounded you because I was like, I want to be like you. I want to work on Tide. I want to work on, you know, P&G and Hershey and do all this big stuff. And you put me in touch with Matthew Searcy. And I remember I met him on 42nd and 2nd. And I remember having a panic attack as I rounded the corner and seeing like the Chrysler building and seeing like everyone like <laughs> pushing into work. And then I went into like TPN and it was like, you know, Superman worked in this building. And I was like, what's yeah. happening right now? Why are my dreams coming? And I remember also being like clunky and, and overselling things. And that's one of the things I talked to Faye about was like, I was like, I did this and I did this for Hershey. And she was like, it's totally okay to be just beginning. And you said the same thing along the way. Yeah. Like, it's to and Matthew, of course. When I met Math Matthew, I'm amazed we're still friends to this day. Um, <laughs> but you guys were all doing the same thing. Like, it's okay to be starting out. It's okay to be stupid. I remember I had, like, all these foot and mouth moments and all these times where I, like, overstepped what I was talking about. And you guys really were kind of, like, these core pillars to make all this happen. So whenever you see, like, the Meet the Creative stuff, it is directly influenced from, you know, you, Steve Gerald, you know, Dez, Faye, all these people who, and it's funny because if you look at my LinkedIn, it's such a short amount of time, but the, but the impact was so great. And I think yes. that, that, that that's something that I would say for people that are just starting out that are looking to get on their journey. It's like, no matter how clunky you are, if you're passionate as shit about the Hershey company, people are going to allow you to touch it and do things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do. And it's like, let that enthusiasm shine because everyone is polished. Everyone is reserved, but no one is just like taking day trips out to Hershey to talk, <laughs> to just like go to like, you know, to learn about the history of like, Mer like Milton Hershey. And I just, I don't know. I'm so grateful for that time. It's, it yeah. seems so small and ins insignificant, but when I reflect back, it's really not. And it's like, I'm so grateful for all you guys, so thank you. Well, yeah, good, man. I'm, I'm happy that we did that. And I'll, I'll say you had just as much of an impact on, on my life. Desiree, Faye, Mary, we all loved having you there. Go um, Dutch, I love yeah, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> they would walk around the building and just say, uh, you know, or you would walk, you, you did a lot of walking and thinking and I, it, it took me a while to understand what you were doing, but I'd have people um, tell me like, hey, your intern is just like walking and circling. I'm like, yeah, that's how he thinks, <laughs> let him go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. You know what it is, I, I was so fascinated by the story of Milton Hershey and, and the innovation that was like palpable in the company. And I wanted to network with everybody. I wanted to meet everyone. I was like over by like legal. They're like, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no, on that good. note, let's get back to it for some other people. I don't want this, you know, the whole time to be me just saying how awesome you are. Um, yeah. Thanks. But, but for people that are just <laughs> starting out, they're in that position. They want to, you, cause you've worked at all the places I dream about working. The Hershey company, Disney. These are places that I love. I adore. I would kill to work on Tide. I love Tide. <laughs> you know how like your grandma loved Olay? I love Tide. Yeah. And yeah. I have that feeling. But That's awesome. what is your advice for someone just starting out who is really excited but doesn't have a whole lot to show for it? How do you make that jump? Yeah, I mean, first, I think persistence is critical. And, and man, you know, like I just look at the industry and how it's changed from, you know, when I first started, you know, things like LinkedIn didn't exist. Things like Instagram didn't exist. Like the internet didn't exist. Oh my God, I'm so old. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think you have, um, 
you have such an awesome opportunity to connect now um, and do it in authentic ways. Like if, you know, Rob, like we should talk about this on the side. I know lots of people who work on Tide, but like if you have a passion <laughs> for these brands, those, those are the designers that I want to work for me. I want people who know, um, who live, breathe, love, sleep the brand, right? I don't, I don't want somebody who drinks Coke to want to work for me at Pepsi because they just want a job. I, I want them to love the brands right. that we're working on and truly eat, sleep, breathe, drink, um, literally and figuratively, right? Depending on the category you're in. So if, if you have that passion for it, I mean, you know, it's, it's like a, a Tide user, um, and I happen to be one. And, you know, there's like this whole science around what your mother used, what you used. Yeah, my, my mom grandma was like full-on Tide, no right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, you know, like for me, I, I, w I would never think of, oh, something else is on sale, so I'm going to pick it up. I will only pick up Tide. Those, like, those types of, um, uh, you know, of, of creatives, like think about the brand Tide. And of course, we are all thinking yellow bottle, big bullseye and everything. But when you love the brand that much, you're thinking about that pipeline and what it could be and where it could go. And those are like, not everybody in the company needs to be like that, right? You need, you need some people who are going to, you know, yeah, rock the boat a bit. But but that's the kind of innovation that that comes out of passion for the brands um, yeah. that just somebody who cares about, you know, detergent isn't going to work on Tide the way somebody who just loves that brand. Um, so I, I think there's there's that side of it. I think, you know, the other part and, and Rob, you did this really well. And I will say every designer that I've hired has been a designer that either has sent me a note has come up and met me at a conference and just talked about their passion and what they did, um, has sent me their portfolio. And, and what I love is when they send me their portfolio and I see how they've grown over time, right? So, you know, I might have somebody come up to me and they're, they're not ready for a, a role or a job, but then they reach out to me a year later and say, hey, remember when I met you at, um, uh, you know, the Die Line conference and you gave me XYZ feedback, here's what I've done. Um, seeing that that kind of uh you know enthusiasm for design and for the work and seeing how somebody has grown along the way to me just like speaks volumes and right. and that's a person that you know i am going to want to surround myself with right because i want people who excite me about going into work i want people who actually don't care that i slam the door or, or close <laughs> the door and sing madonna um, you know. <laughs> so those are um you know, so I, I think that that passion is is really important. And and then I think, you know, you know, there's a fine line between being persistent and being, um, you know, excited and and being a nuisance. Right. Yeah. You have to you have I've to balance the two. The I've better <laughs> you have to balance the two. Right. Because I, right. I think, you know, the reality is everybody is busy um, and and. You know, I feel actually more guilty when I can't reply to people on LinkedIn than probably the people feel like, oh, that guy didn't write me back. I, I take it really personal, right? But I, I think there's, a, you know, that fine line, right? So do the check-in, um, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, whatever. Um, but then just know when the check-in was enough, right? Um, yeah. So exactly. yeah, did that, did that answer the question? No, absolutely, for sure. And, and I remember that there, there are, were, are times when you can sort of, and I think that this is just speaking from my own experience and maybe you can add tack on to this, but like, I remember in my own experience, I remember like being with the design team, but not really being with the design team and like wondering like where the, 
where I kind of like stack in there. But I think, it, I think it's good to just like, to, to allow that. Cause like, for example, like when I went to like the Collins office, I was just some annoying ass kid who was just kind of like overly excited to be there. But I didn't like take that insecurity and then just like take a walk. I like made it a point to keep in touch and kind of like, and I feel like a lot of people get super transactional about things. They say, Ron, yeah. if I love, I love Pepsi or I love Hershey, I've always wanted to work on Hershey. It would be my dream of my life. And then you don't respond or you say, hey, we're not hiring right now. And they say, well, screw Ron. And yeah. I, I really advocate against doing that. If you seem like a fanboy for a little bit, I can almost guarantee you <laughs> that eventually that relationship will be more of a peer-to-peer relationship. And if you're just entering, you are not, and this is one of the things that Faye and I talked about, and she was so eloquent about explaining it. Like, you're not on equal footing, and that's good. It's like, and she gave me this analogy about the marathon. And, like, you can't just run a marathon. You have to run a 5K. You have to have a time where you suck at running. There needs to be all of that. (laughs) You're not going to be able to run a marathon if you do not, like, train to be in a marathon. The same, I think, can be said about networking. There will be times where it's like, you won't be an immediate fit. You will not be a full-time employee. But like whether or not you choose to like indulge your ego and not like you're somehow left out, I think that's a mistake. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think that it's just good to be around it. Like go to conferences, get involved, yeah. be in that space. I also think, Rob, the, the thing that's really important is anybody who is hiring for a role, right? Or is looking for talent to work on a project everybody is going to um, be looking for the brightest spot or the brightest talent they can find. So if it's a super senior role, I want that portfolio to just be freaking amazing. If it's a super junior role, I want that portfolio to be freaking amazing. Um, But there's just different levels of that as it goes in. So I think, you know, it's one thing to be, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to be really persistent and have the work that supports the persistence. It's another thing to be really persistent and just not have the book to support it. So I think that's where you really have to kind of think about like, is the time I'm spending being persistent, maybe better spent, you know, honing my, my craft and my skills because everybody, I mean, any hire is a reflection of the person who hired you, right? Yes. And trust me, any job that I've left and somebody is there, you know, you have that, um, uh, or any place that I've joined and the talent is there, there's kind of like that space of like, wow, did the person who, did the person who was in the role before me really take the care to bring the talent in? Um, and vice versa. I, I know that there have been times when, you know, I've been I've come in and been like, oh, I don't know if that would have been the hire I made. And then that person is just like totally blown me out of the water. Um, But I do think, you know, the book has to match the passion, right? I I think that's just kind of really what it boils down to. We, you know, it's, it's so funny. I have to do a shout out to um, like one of my favorite people in the world. She's a casting director and she's on, I know I saw her name, Jackie, pop up. Jackie, I would go and audition for Jackie and man, I, I just wanted it so badly. And Jackie was like amazing because she would tell me flat out, Ron, you didn't get it today, right? You were not where you needed to be. Or she would tell me like, if I were casting, I would cast you today. But the reality is there are like a hundred different people out there, right? And ultimately somebody else might be making the decision. So and usually like, someone's better. That's the thing too. Is hey, that, like, you know, that's, you can that's, be super hyped about Hershey, but you might suck as a designer. And those are two fundamentally different things. 
It's, you know, you know and, it's, and I have to also say, it's really tough, particularly for me. Um, I, I get this feedback quite often. In, and um, <laughs> if Faye or Desiree or whoever, I, any of any people who have reported to me, I'm a nurturer, right? So once I hire you and once I believe in you and I believe in your book, I want to grow you as a creative. And I, I, and I tend to grow from a, a place of, of good love, right? And, right. and really, um, you know, sometimes too much of that is, is too much, right? It's, it's, uh, um, it's important to be able to give really tough feedback and, and be really clear on like why things didn't make it um, or, or why the book didn't, you know. Yeah. And, and also I have to say from, you know, I don't know if I can, I can really say this, but from like a corporate point of view, there's not a lot we're actually allowed legally to tell people right. who have no, applied totally for jobs, true. right? So, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like if I think your book sucks and I'm working for a major corporation, I'm not going to say, dude, your book sucks. I, you know, then that could turn into like a lawsuit or a problem <laughs> for the corporation. So you yeah. have to be willing to, to look at your book. And another thing that I think is amazing as designers, we have... Um, you know, and, and I think the same is true of, of actors, like in, in the community. Um, you have people who are either, um, who are intimidated by your talent or people who just want to make you better. I love the people who want to make you better. I don't want right. anybody to be intimidated by me because I'm like, yeah, I want, your, I want you to tell me for real when my work could be better. Or I want yeah. you to tell me when I could have done a better job in an audition or anything like that you really have to be honest and you have to find those people in the network, right? So the people that you trust that will give you real feedback, because if, if not, it, it, it's just right. making everybody feel good. Right. Which, you know, there's, there's a time and place for that, right? Everybody yeah. needs to feel good from now on. Then. But if, if people aren't giving you real feedback that you can actually make the work better, um, then go and look for another group. It's not that the, the group is wrong. It's just, you need to balance that out. I, I, I always say, um, and my team would, would tell you this. I always say, is it not good design because I didn't design it or is it not good design? And there's a difference because the reality is every single designer that I hire is going to design differently than if I were doing it myself. And so that's where I have to take my ego out of the situation and say, this is really great work. It's not how I would have approached the project, the objective, whatever, but it's great work. Or I have to be able to say, it's not great work and you could do better and I'm gonna help you get it better. Um, yeah. That's that's really important, um, and and you know it's a it's also a fine line because you don't want to be um, you don't want to be the kind of jerk boss that doesn't like anything anybody else does, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, right? Exactly. But anyway. Exactly. Right. No, it's totally true, and I I think that like um, I think about my initial. It's funny. I just saw that Matthew Searcy is actually here. They talk oh! about the, the, the wonder of technology. Um, yeah. for, for those of you who are listening, that's the, that's the same guy that I met. By the way, Matthew, go back and listen. There's like this majestic part. Did, Matthew, yeah. seriously, by the way, talk about people that you've met for like 30 seconds and have fundamentally changed your life. Like in the span of my life, the time spent together was like nothing. But I remember like one time he was like waxing poetically to me about how like my dad is a pastor, my dad is a shepherd, and you're a shepherd too. And you're going to take this podcast and like you're going to go out and you're going to be a shepherd. And then I made that speech at my dad. Uh, my dad had like a... Um, like a dinner for him being a pastor for so long. And I gave that speech all about that. But I remember early on, this all ties in, I swear to God. I remember early on in my journey, 
I would have these relationships with people where I would get close with them. But like the thing you gotta realize is like no one, and I think that Matthew could attest to this too, it's like no one is going to lose their job over taking a chance on you. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're starting out, you can be cool, you can be friends and get along. But it's like, if you're reporting to somebody else and you're saying that this is my team, these are the people, like if someone is a liability, like it's not personal. It's not like, it's not a personal attack. They're just trying to look out for themselves because like, wouldn't you look out for like your own job? And, and if you're not actually qualified, you're not gonna get qualified on company time. You have to like go back to like, it sucked to have to go back to the drawing board and learn, but like you have to. But originally I would take things so personally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would think like they don't give kids a chance, but that's not really a good narrative in terms of trying to, yeah. to grow and become a better designer. It's like, there's not really a self, there's not really like a place for self pity. And also kind of like no one gives a shit because everyone who came up got those same hard licks and they're not going to feel like, you know, like the show must go on with or without you. I once actually had a, um, uh, a creative director when I worked at Buzzfeed and he told me that, and this is talking about like harsh, honest feedback. He told me that um, McDonald's doesn't stop selling cheeseburgers because you can't make a cheeseburger. They just hire somebody else to make the cheeseburgers. <laughs> and it's a, uh... it's a harsh thing to say, but I think that it's true. It's like, we are in the business of output and you can be passionate but your passion and your output need to work in tandem together. You can't just be super passionate and just be all talk, which I was yeah. for so Yeah, long. hey, Rob, I think that's a really important, um, you know, I, I want to do a shout <laughs> this out. This has become to, a therapy session. I no, listen, it's good, it's good. <laughs> I do want to do a shout out though to several bosses who could have lost their jobs because of me, right? right. And, and who stuck up for, you know, would stand up for me. And yep. I hope that I, I hope that, you know, people along their path in my career could say I did the same for them. So yep. I, you know, I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about it one, entirely. However, yes. um, I do. I, I do think that, you know, it, it's critical. Like at the end of the day, like the work has to speak for itself. Um, and everybody goes, you know, designers, you know, I, I it's so funny because I wanted to be an actor. And then I said, I'm going to be a designer. Right. And so it's like I went. I went from a, a profession of rejection into a profession of rejection, right? So like you have to think. <laughs> you could have picked a better, nicer profession. Yeah. Exactly, right? If, <laughs> as a designer, right, you know, and I'll, I'll use PepsiCo as an example. I had truly the most amazing, talented, hands-on team, um, you know, around me every second of the day. And one can is going to ship, right? So I could give a project to like the most amazing illustrator, the most amazing graphic designer, what, but only one of the projects is going to make it, right? Or I can only produce one of that project. And so I, I think there's an element of, of um, you know, almost there's an element of compassion that I try to have as a leader because sometimes, you know, even, even great work, Sometimes great work isn't going to make it out and maybe it doesn't make it out because it's not right for the customer. So if you think of, you know, I, I, in my career, I've done a lot of work, amazing work for Target and Walmart. Sometimes Target and Walmart have very specific, very specific style guides or elements that and stories that they want you to help drive forward. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that work just isn't what's right for, sometimes the work might not be right for them. It's not because it wasn't great creative. And I think that goes back to, is it not good because I didn't do it or is it not good? But I right. do think that there's something really, um, 
you know, I, I think there's, there's something very humbling about being a designer, very similar to being an actor. I have, you know, so many actor friends that I, I just, I think often like, I have no idea how they get out of bed every day and go on these auditions day in and day out and don't get the job. And I then put myself, I'm like, wait a minute, that's the job I do. I put right. myself out every day. I present concepts that, you know, a marketing person might right. say like, <laughs> that sucks. I'm like, ah! yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah. I do think, um, yeah, I think, I, th I think there's a bit of, of, um, a need to be a bit humble, but always to be excellent, 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 you know? Yeah, for sure. I think that people see like you're the head, you know, head of design or, or a title like that. They think it's like complete control. But what I've realized and from just watching from afar and your journey and a lot of the other people that I've worked for is it's, it's not really that. It's actually like you're able to navigate like the nuances of like communication at a very high and proficient level. Like every once in a while, like in a meeting, you kick up into another gear that I did not have like the vernacular for that. Mm -hmm. And you were able to like, you have these, like, these sayings, I'd be like, whoa, that's cool. Like, that's, <laughs> how did you do that? But um, what's that experience like? And, and when you're really passionate about something, how do you kind of push it through in a world that is, there's kind of like landmines everywhere, you know what I mean? It's like, like you said before, you could, one thing could send somebody spiraling. How do you navigate that and then get a whole bunch of people on board with the same idea at such a massive scale? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges designers face in, you know, major corporations or or even with small clients, right, is there is a general sense and I don't want to this isn't this is a generalization and probably not a great one, but there is a sense that design is about a craft, it's about beautifying, it's about making the artifact. And you know what, a lot of what we do is truly that. But you've got, it's also about knowing the consumer, um, the, the person who ultimately, like, like me, like I buy Rheingeist bubbles anytime I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. I love this stuff. Right. Um, it's about knowing what makes me love this. And what part kind of it of is like, would buy that, right? you know, and, and I think you have to, you have to back up your passion with facts, right? And I think sometimes where, where younger designers or junior designers might get stuck is it, they can only talk about the project or the product that they created from a creative point of view, right? right? So like, you know, I'll have junior designers go in and they'll talk about the way they did the illustration. And frankly, for a CMO, right, a, a chief marketing officer, that's the last thing on their mind. What, what I like to turn that into is how the insight into that consumer um, has come to life through the package. So I think you have to always operate like your your um you know the same way frankly a, a chief financial officer is going to come and explain company financials to me i explain design to them that way right, right. it's really important um you know it's really important to to recognize that not everybody is not everybody's going to care about color theory um particularly when their schedules and their days are back to back to back to back um, you know, get in, get the point, sell them on facts and sell them uh, and not, and sell is a, a really, right. um, but it well, is, it, it's what pitch. we do, right? Yeah. Land the pitch, right? right? And, and you have to be able to read the room and read and read the group. And, and I think, you know, um, it, it's so funny that, you know, I just, as I progressed in my career, 
I was given some really harsh feedback. Right. Um, you know, when I first started at, at Disney, they're like, oh my God, Ron, you gotta like pick this up. We can't spend 20 minutes just talking about why Tinkerbell <laughs> is now going to go and, you know, be a, an ambassador for that's Santa Claus. The, <laughs> the imagination runs deep. It's like we never grew up, I feel like, in a way, you know? You, you know so, but then the next time I would go into a meeting, I would know the room and I'd be like, that was the person who got so annoyed with me because I was talking about Tinkerbell longer than anyone needed to, right? Yeah. Or, you know, at Proctor, I, I will tell you, like, I, I have feedback, like, make it concise, get in, get the point, show the work, tell them why, make sure they know all the research that you did, you talked to consumers, you sat through research, you, um, you know, you studied the market, you did an audit, all of those things, make sure the marketers know that you understand their problem. And it might be a marketer, it might be, um, it might be a product development, um, person, it might be somebody in packaging engineering, right? Like all the people who, you know, you have to partner with and be exceptional partners too, but also sometimes look at design as um, almost a barrier for them to achieve their goals, right? I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to skip that point. So like, I'll tell you some of my best, it's, it's funny. It's my procurement design kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. My procurement guy from Hershey texted me today, just out of the, what designer is, is friends with their procurement person, right? He and I have this relationship where it, it was clear. He was about delivering a bottom line for the company. There were goals that he had to achieve. And I had goals that I needed to achieve as a creative. And right. my creative goals typically needed a little investment, right? I mean, it was about making a, a bigger um, impression in store or creating more storytelling along the way that might not be able to translate into dollars or a transaction. Once he understood my point of view and what I was trying to do, and I understood his, it got to a point where I'm like, I'm not going to fight. His name is Dave Donnelly, by the way. And if Shout out, like, Dave. like seriously, procurement of procurement, like the man. I love this guy. Des and I worked on 19 procurement. I still have the files on my computer. And we did some of those. So those were my crowning achievements. Yeah, listen, you know, and it just gets to a point where the relationship, um, it's no longer a fight, right? Same is true with um, legal, right? I, I joke, like, I, I kind of feel like my second life, I want to be a trademark attorney. Every trademark attorney I deal with, I tell them that because it's true. Like, I'm fascinated by what they do. And I'm also fascinated by the fact that they have a vested interest in the work that I create or my team creates to make sure it's ownable and distinct and something that the company could protect. Right. I think it's fascinating. I've been in situations where, you know, designers, even designers on my team would come back from a meeting with legal and be throwing, like, they didn't approve this and they said this and this. Hey, you know, like, I, I think those relationships make us better designers because it, it's, it's putting more, um, it's putting more constraint on you. And I think that's when, that's when we shine, right? Like when we're told like, you can't do this. That's when we're like, no, we're going to show you how we can do it and we'll meet all the goals. Right. Yeah, um, for sure. There's like so many people working at scale, but it's, that's all the same goal. It's like move more product, make people have a tighter, more intimate relationship with the brand. And, yeah. make it, and make it so that it, that it sells. But I thought it was just interesting to see kind of like the business side of things because you definitely got that vibe. Like you could see who was a designer and then you could see who was on the finance side of it. But they need to work in tandem together. I think it's just like fascinating. I actually went 
after that time and went uh, and interviewed uh, a, a CFO, then he was a, a chief operations officer. And now I love inter my like, new favorite hobby is interviewing like CEOs and finding out like what it's like, like what's it like when all the pressure's on you? Because yeah. it, it relates to even somebody who's just a junior designer, like it's all a living, moving thing on its yeah. birthday, it should do that. I have to tell you again. I go back to some of the some of the greatest um, relationships for me. Like I'll, I'm going to do a shout out to Patricia Little. She was my CFO at the Hershey Company, and I will tell you, like for so many people, there would be this kind of like oh, chief financial officer, chief design officer. Like what what are the two doing? First of all, she loved design. I, I mean, a lot of things that I did at Hershey were kind of like. Mm, is this the best use of my time? I decorated her office and I updated it for her every quarter. She got new design um, uh, <laughs> elements up. But anyway, but she was an amazing believer in design. And one of the things that really, at, you know, at Hershey was kind of like a sticking point, our recipes just, they didn't look beautiful. They didn't look appetizing. And, and that side of the business, because it wasn't necessarily a, a transactional where you, Rob, are going to a site and you're going to pay for a, a, a recipe. We were giving the recipes away. So that group didn't have a major budget for photography. And what was really funny is Patricia, she's like, I hate our photography. I'm like, oh, my God, Patricia, you're preaching to the choir. Patricia, our chief financial officer, is the person who gave me funding to go and re-photograph everything for our kitchen's website. Faye did right. all of that work too, which was crazy. But those, that's why it's important. You don't think, you know, particularly as a, a creative going into a company and you're like the first, you, you know, you got to meet all the people and like, who am I going to meet? When am I going to meet? How am I going to meet them? And of course on the list, it's this marketing person, this fine, you know, this, um, uh, you know, packaging person. Legal's probably down low on the list. Finance is probably low on the list, but it's, it's amazing how connected it really all is um, and, and the difference, you know, that a relationship makes truly. So anyway, yeah. shout out to Patricia. Shout out Patricia. We have so many awesome shout outs. I love it. Ron, you've been crushing it so far. The feedback has been amazing. Good. Um, I'm awesome. Good, good. I'm happy to hear. One of my favorite stories during my time, it's not unrelated to the Hershey company, it has to do with the Hershey Hotel and how like when the Great Depression happened, people were out of work. Like the, the town was a dream. It was like based off of like what the Cadbury brothers had done and all this, I'm tell, I, I'll go deep into this stuff. I have the book and everything. But I remember that Hirsch, uh, Milton was faced with a choice and they had like a crane there one day to build the Hotel Hershey. I think that's the way you say it. And um, he wanted to employ and keep people there and he had to make sacrifices and he would lose money on it and he wouldn't be able to do it as efficiently but he would be able to give a job and keep people in the town. And I, I have thought about that story a lot because it kind of pertains to what companies are going through yeah. now. And the Hotel Hershey cut scene is one of the most beautiful hotels. I love it so much. It is. I, some, of the, <laughs> some of the most drunk I've ever been in my entire life. I find myself <laughs> at the Hotel Hershey just staring too, at that Rob. beautiful water fountain. <laughs> I love it. But, and, and it was in, and, you know, the Great Depression happened. He had everything going, everything ahead of him. Everything was going great. And then this unforeseen force comes in and pushes him to innovate and then to take people who were working in chocolate factories and to have them work on a hotel. But it was informed by places that he had traveled and it was beautiful and it was handmade and it was ornate. It's one of the most beautiful hotels. I love it so much. 
But that story, I think, applies to right now. So if you're in yeah. that position, by the way, I just thought of this like now and how to tie it all in. This is like off the cuff. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> That's a great story. And if anyone is ever in Hershey, go check it out. The, the um, museum is amazing. I talked to so many people there who I was like asking them questions about it all. But I love that story. And I think that there's a lot of people who need to build a proverbial hotel right now. If you're a design leader and you're running a company and the funding is getting cut and things are changing and moving and pivoting, how are you reallocating those resources? You know? Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, so one of the, um, something that I do outside of working is I mentor um, students from the SVA, the School of Visual Arts graduate program. And, yeah. and the, the student that I'm um, mentoring right now, he actually runs a business. And, you know, it, it's that we were chatting about this yesterday and I'll, I, I won't say names because I, I didn't get his permission for this. Right. But he and his partner are looking at um, relaunching their website. So they've had a, you know, they have some time on their hand. They're, the business isn't where it, it was. And they're really focused on how do we get better for the next stage when this ends how do we move forward and i think you know so much of the um i had uh chatted with um, business expressions magazine and you know we had talked through like well what does a brand do do you talk do you stay quiet do you not right um and and i was joking like i was getting all of this email from brands that i love right anybody that i signed up I wanted their email, right? So I'm, I've chosen to get this in the inbox. I haven't unsub unsubscribed, right? So I'm, I'm putting these, um, uh, I'm putting these people at like the top of my list and I'm starting to read this just chain of what sounds like it came from the same copywriter or it came from the Center for Disease Control. And I'm like, We're here this for you. brand We're should not this sound like this. And this brand shouldn't sound like this. Thanks and this brand had a, right? right yeah. And so, you know, I, I think what I had shared with, with him, you know, first, I think it's the responsible, first of all, the fact that you are still working is an amazing thing, right? And the yeah. fact that you can go and talk to your your previous clients and say things like, um, you know, during this time, we've decided to make our services stronger and better for you. Um, I think there's something so authentic to that, right? I mean, it's first, I've got a purpose. I, I want to continue doing what it is I'm doing. Two, I want to continue what I'm doing and I love doing for you. And it's going to make you better when this is all over versus the, you know, stock like uh, during these unprecedented times. Right. So I think it's, um, I, you know, and, and Hey, the first person who put out the ad unprecedented times. Great. Right. right. The second, great. The third, fourth and fifth, it's like, okay, how, how does your brand respond to this? And it's so interesting because one of, one of the things that I really preach quite a lot is the importance of a tone of voice. And I think for, um, I think for a lot of, of people, there's a, they, don't, they don't really understand how design should play a role in that or understands the role or gets the role. Um, and, and tone of voice is like what you can tell is drastically missing right now in a lot of these companies that I love and that I admire, right? That, and it's always something that, you know, on the checklist, it's like, oh, we're gonna cut the budget. We'll get to tone of voice later. But when something like this happens or when, you know, 
a product fails and they have to do a recall or something like that, the tone of voice is going to be all the difference in the world. And I, I think, you know, I, I think Burger King does a great job with tone of voice. You know, yeah. every post that's coming from Burger King, you're right. like, yeah, that's Burger King, right? And, and they haven't really changed their tone of voice. They've stayed true to it. They've talked it in kind of this state. Um, but then others kind of get bland along the way. And, and I think that's where you, you have that kind of element of, trust right like right have they been honest this time all before covid or you know or right. is this their true voice right were they trying yeah. to be cool before right um so it, it is a again slippery slope I, I think everything you know we continue to say about about the current situation is that man it's, it's a little bit damned if you do damned if you don't um i think you're going to be more damned if you don't so yeah. when you do you have to do it uh you have to do it the right way yeah, definitely. And I think that, that, you know, something that you and I have always talked about and it comes up again and again in the podcast is intent, right? It's like people are living in the middle of, no like, just to get back to that original illustration, they're in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. This person is responsible for their salary. Everything says build a hotel as fast as you can do it. Keep, keep the, the, the vision that everything is fine. Keep that going. But he knew that wasn't like feasible. So then it's like he came from a place that's like, hey, this is my intent. We're going to do this thing. My intent is to weather the storm and get through so that we can go back to normal. It's, it's not, right. hey, I'm going to leave the crane here, build the hotel, and like, we'll just keep pretending everything is fine and go out of business. It's like you have to I, have that moment, I feel like, of just in the same way on one-on-one -on -one communication, you have to have humility and understanding and, and realize that um, you're not going to be able to make this like look pretty. And I feel like, and that's been something that I've been struggling with. That's like, do I get on the podcast and do I talk about how, hey, it's going to be fine and pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Or do I get on, do I get on and say that I cried five times today? Like, where yeah, do I? You should. You should. I, no, seriously, it would be depressing. I feel like people would be checking <laughs> out. But you know, no, it's, hey. like, it's like, who, who do I, who do I show up as? And who does, who is the tone? And I try and work on that, but it can be hard when, you know, you're always, it's not like it's like a bottom line or anything, but it's like, you don't want to be sound like, I don't know. It's, I struggle with that sometimes with the tone. And I've had that over the years. I'll hear like I'm channeling someone. Somebody will mm -hmm. say like, oh, that's great. And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, that's my best Ron impression, you know? <laughs> so it's tricky. No, hey, it's, easy, it's easier it said than done. It's really easy to be like, oh, like, yeah, like I would be authentic. But like, would you? Like, would you? And I wonder myself, like, how much do I lose when... How much do I lose when, when I'm posturing and saying I'm the man and I can do everything? Or how much do I gain when I say I'm struggling? I, I can't do it right now. So I think tone is huge. And you're one of the first people to bring that up on the podcast, Ron. Crushing wow, the game. look at that. <laughs> There's that. always a first, always right. time for first. You know, I love the Milton Hershey example. I, I mean, truly what, what brought me to Hershey. I'm using that, Ron, I'm telling you. My next it's a good, it, it's a good one, like, What's Listen. your favorite brand experience? I'm gonna be like, let me tell you, the story yeah. of the hotel on the hill. <laughs> I, I think the Milton Hershey story, it's what brought me to, to Hershey, Pennsylvania. I, I, I have it. to say, like, just going to, before I even interviewed for any role at the company, I actually went on a tour of the town. I run, right, got on the trolley, and I'm like, I just want to see what this is all about. I was sold before I was even hired. And I mean, they didn't even have to say anything to me. It was like, this is a done deal. <laughs> I want to be here. And I think, you know, the other... Um, and again, in my career, who's, who's made a big difference, um, 
you know, the Walt Disney story is, is very similar to Milton Hershey, right? I mean, yeah. that company was on the brink of bankruptcy um, many times. And I think mm -hmm. what's, what's really interesting is um, the, the people didn't leave, right? Because the people believed in Walt or the people believed in, um, or the people believed in Milton Hershey. And, and I would like to feel like, you know, sometimes, oh my gosh, Hotel Hershey, best Manhattan ever. That is true. Best Cosmo too. That's true. Oh my gosh, the Iberian Lounge, Rob. That's where we and got drunk at the a end few of the times. Night. Caramel, how do you say that? You know, throughout my career, there have been moments, right? I can say at Disney, at Pepsi, at Hershey, at Proctor, where I was, um, I was in a point where it, I felt, is my team going to rally behind me, or is my team going to like jump? Right. Um, I, I think that that's really important. Like. I would say don't take a job if you're not with somebody you're going to rally behind. Like if you really don't believe in the person or, or can't trust the intentions or don't know the intentions, right? Because you haven't asked the questions or whatever it may be. Um, I think that's what made, you know, and, and I'm really, I, I have to say the companies who right now during, not to like go into COVID. Um, hey, bye, Dan. Glad you liked it. Um, not to go into kind of that piece, but like the companies that, are coming forward right now and and doing things that are just unexpected. Like um, there's a restaurant uh, chain here in Cincinnati, and I'll I'll just give them a plug called Nada, um, awesome Mexican restaurant. Shout out Nada, Nada, shout out. And they're doing um, they're they were doing something a couple of months ago where like you bought gift certificates to actually pay the the health insurance for their employees that's where that money was going and they were really transparent at the end of their drive right like by these gift certificates they came back and said because of you we're able to pay our employees insurance um through april that is something as a wow. as a human right i feel really good about versus hey i get a lot of like hey free delivery right support local support local this yeah. is one where it's like wow that's not only supporting local that's that's like someone's like if somebody got sick right I, I think that's um those are the things like find the right story and i never you know i never once thought not as being self-serving here right? right i just thought wow that's amazing like who else has thought of that and i'm sure plenty have since but that's the one that you know i i remember because i'm here live in cincy yeah. like yeah just taking that like one extra step that one like unexpected moment you know we were talking before about the um the hotel hershey and it's not as like uh altruistic i guess you'd say but it's still nonetheless a moment of joy and happiness so you go there, you go to this beautiful hotel, you, the, the storied history, all this stuff, right? At the end of the night, if you, it's like the, the most awesome thing. When you get the check, they give you like a caramel, caramel, however you say it. I don't want to start a war here. I like caramel. They, I'm, I'm caramel, working on caramel, right? yeah. The, the market research shows caramel for the most part. Okay. <laughs> for me, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But they give you a caramel. And it's funny, if you know the story of Milton Hershey, you know that like the whole like town was founded on that originally before chocolate, like chocolate was an innovation and they all thought he was like a fool. And the same way they all thought that like, um, Walt Disney was a fool too. To your point before, I, I didn't add that in, that in there, but if you watch like the Imagineering documentary, like the headlines did not read like Walt Disney, genius. genius. They were like Walt Disney, <laughs> idiot. You know what I mean? Even, even California Adventure originally was really yeah, well, like hey. was a lot yeah. fewer there. I was, was there. I was there. Comedy. You know, there's there's a but, podcast that does like failed Disney rides, 
and it was like the main uh, gift shop that I worked on was for this uh, attraction called Superstar Limo, which I loved this attraction. I thought it was the great, it was super, super cheesy. It was so cheesy, but you know what? It was, so the whole, the whole idea was you were getting chased by I know, the paparazzi. I know you're I've seen it. And it yeah, was, uh, yeah. it was right after Princess Diana's, um, you know, accident, which was horrible. So they had to totally change the ride and they had to do it in like 30 days and it made no sense. But man, the work I did for that ride was some of my best. It's in my portfolio today. Yes. <laughs> anyway, yes, sorry, but, Rob. <laughs> but you know, like, take, like, take a chance, like, like, just be, be innovative. You know what I mean? I think that that's, you and I have similar heroes in that way. And, you know, Milton, uh, Milton Hershey and Walt Disney. I mean, that's like, you know, if there's like a Mount Rushmore of people I'm trying to be like, like they're on that. And I think Bob Eager's on there too, which is kind of looking to mess yeah, up yeah. the whole statue, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, sh he should right be on the there man. as well. Yeah, he's awesome. He should be on there. Yeah, we got room for one more. We're gonna put Ron Burge on there as well. Sorry. Mm. Um, <laughs> I know a couple people no, who like, fight for that spot. <laughs> <laughs> but I think just people that are willing to take a chance. I mean, I, I think that that's part of the creative process too. I know you can probably speak to this, but it's like, there are so many failures in the story of Milton. There are so many failures in the story of Walt Disney, but there are so many victories because of that willing to take a chance on that. Did you ever have a project like that that you pushed through that was a disaster and then turned out to be? Yes. <laughs> Oh, hey, listen, you know, that's the, I, I think that's the reality of, of being a creative, right? I mean, um, I would think that, uh, and I, oh, I, you know, I use theater and acting a lot as an analogy. I think any actor might see like a final cut of a film and think like, oh, I thought I was, I thought I was delivering this and this is what the camera picked up. I think the same is true for design, right? I mean, there are times when, you know, I've really thought something that, that I've produced or my team has produced is going to like just rock the world. And it doesn't. And, you know, my, my right. story on this is at Disney, um, we had this, uh, this store that was only for employees and it was called Property Control. And Property Control was like one of my favorite places because you would get like, you know, like awesome stuff for like 90% off the retail price. But man, as a designer, you did not want your work in property control because it meant it didn't perform, right? It didn't either meet the, the sales goals or consumers didn't like it or whatever. That was reserved for us as, as cast members, right? That wasn't something that a guest was going to walk in the store and see the 90% off this t-shirt that Ron designed that sucked. It was like, okay, you know, let's cut our losses, move it over to property control, sell it there. Um, I, I think that, you know, to me, one of the things that, um, you know, and I, I can't say enough good things about Disney, anybody who knows me, like, I, I always say, man, I wish I ended my career at Disney instead of started it there. Because I, I do, I love it. I, I live, breathe, eat, sleep more than anyway. Um, There's still time. I can introduce you to Jean Bethany. She's the head of Parks and Resorts. You guys can be best friends. Well, there you go. You can you introduce me? me? You get me on tide. <laughs> You get me untied, I'll get you a Disney. Perfect. All right, let's, let's make that happen. But right. anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I think that's, you know, one of the things that, that Disney does really well, right? It, it's, it's, they preserve the experience for the guest in the park. You might see a, a, a discount rack, but you're not seeing like deep, deep, deep discounts, right? Right. Um, and I think, that's, I, I think that's something really cool. 
do you have anything just like general advice that you would give? I, I know people have like mantras and stuff like that and they have like kind of sayings that help them get through. Yeah. Um, Cause you have really navigated some, some difficult landscapes and, and had um, sort of like, it, it's been like all, all over at times, like what, and you've worked at all these different places. What have you learned? Like, what can you impart on me? Like pearls of wisdom. <laughs> you know, I think a lot, um, it, it's funny because I've been in, uh, you know, while Disney was very much about experiences, right? Um, the world that I've been in is, is consumer products and consumer yeah. packaged goods. Right. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the struggles that, you know, you're going through, whether it's, you know, at a Disney or at a Procter or at a Hershey or at a Pepsi, um, take the brands away. And a lot of the struggles are the same. And so, you know, some of, some of the, uh, pearls of wisdom that I'd give is, you know, as, um, and, and this is something that I've actually talked to several people about this idea of, should I stay or should I go? Yeah. Right? Like, when is it time to leave? Um, and, you know, I've, I've been working on kind of this, uh, should I stay or should I go when it's time to leave the dream job? The reality is every job that I have ever worked at, any job, was the dream job. That was where I wanted to be. There was never a time where I took a job just because I wanted, you know, I needed employment, right? There's, well, maybe like working at Cisco's Chicken when I was 14, um, I needed employment then, but it was good chicken. That's one, only one, um, that's it though. Yeah. That was one. Um, but I say all of that because, uh, you know, they're, they're, the, you know, I hate to be so cliche, like the grass is greener, right? I was talking to somebody today about that. Um, a lot of the problems in, in corporate America or, can, or mass company CPG products, um, the, the challenges are the same, right? Your, your challenges are costs, your challenge, like cost of goods. Your challenge would be, um, you know, a fickle consumer, right? Your challenge might be a changing consumer, right? So moving from, you know, uh, you know, Gen X to millennial to right. like, what are, what are consumer preferences? And, you know, kind of um, that side is there. Another challenge is particularly in, in the world that I've experienced, um, I have worked on brands. Like, think of the way if, if you were here earlier on the way I revere the Olay bottle on my great grandmother's dresser. Now going in as a creative director, and, and taking on that responsibility, um, you know, it, it, you have this, the reality of, and from a business point of view, you can't, you can't screw with the millions of people who love Olay, but at the same time, you want to get millions of people who've never heard of Olay to love Olay. And how do you do that in a way that's authentic to the people who love it and authentic to the people who've never even heard of it? Those are the challenges that we're always going to face from a big brand point of view. And, you know, all of the startups, like there's so, like so much energy around startups. And, you know, at the time when I was working at Cranium, like the Silicon Valley thing, they all get to a point where they become a big brand, right? Or, or their aspiration is to become a big brand. Their, their aspiration isn't to be like, I just want to be this small little, maybe it is, you know, if I'm a, if, you know, the one thing I produce is this and I'm happy with it and that's all I want. Great. But these brands have aspirations right. to be bigger and they're going to have the same challenges that the big brands have today. And I think you have to be, um, I just think you have to go into it aware of that. Um, it's where I think understanding 
you know, what an innovation pipeline might look like for a brand. So what does a brand look like today? I, Ron, am going to launch this new brand. I should also be thinking, what does that brand look like in five years, in 10 years? What's the vision? Where do I want to take it? Um, I, I, I think is really critical, or you're going to be in a space where you, you might be irrelevant, even though you were so relevant today. Right. Um, and, and that's just, and I think also this always connected world, right? I mean, I, I, I oh my gosh, my, um, my PR person at Hershey would really hate me for even bringing up this story because it was a bad time in all of our lives. Right. But I did a massive rebrand of the company. And I stand behind that work. It's gorgeous, gorgeous work. I worked on it with like truly the best branding agency. Um, It's amazing stuff, right? I worked on this with GoDutch, an agency that I've you know just think the world of and have worked with you know for a a long time. Um, And and man, that work was awesome. And the first comment somebody posted right was that uh, my new logo looked like the poop emoji. And man, you it could bring you down in a snap. That was, I have to say that was, I had that moment. You know, Rob, you actually had said this and I came back and kind of did a little course correction of like, I'd stand up. I don't know if I'd be like, well, Desiree, cause she's on, I'm gonna say like, I'm not gonna protect Desiree because she reports to me, I'll let her lose my job. I will tell you at Hershey, I had people who protected me, right? Like there were many moments in my head where I thought, oh my God, I'm gonna get fired because of this, right? Um, and I had, I had amazing people, um, Mike Weggy, our, our CMO at the time, um, and, uh, uh, and team just really stood behind the work. And they were like, no, we believe in this work. And, you know, a Hershey kiss is a Hershey kiss. You, it might look like a poop emoji. I don't know. Um, I think that, <laughs> you know, that is kind of I like think it's the, kind of a the world. I joke, too. I think it's so like, it's so like. Well, you know, it just takes know? one very bitter person. <laughs> Anyway, no, sorry. It, but I, I think the important <laughs> side of that is like this always on world. Um, just, you know, it, it has, it has, it's, I mean, God, it has its benefits. Look at this. We're chatting like live. We're hundreds of miles apart. We're doing it. They're right. They're yes. people that I haven't talked to in like, you know, decades popping up in the feed, which is amazing. That's amazing. But, you know, with it comes, yeah. like, the Matthew reality, Sears right? Matthew here. Steve Gerald was here. We had everyone. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, no, no. So I, I, think that's, I think that's one of them, right? I mean, you did. But I also think it's really important. Um, it's also really important not to water down your creative um, thinking about, like, oh, crap. What if someone sees this and thinks yeah. that kiss looks like a poop emoji? But, by the way, that was, right. like... I, I happened to be in Las Vegas opening the new Hershey store in in uh, the New York New York Hotel, um, which is crazy. And and that it, it the story went live that day while I'm there for this great grand opening. And ultimately, uh, you know, that's what brought me down. Although I did meet Giada De Laurentiis uh, that evening. She was at her restaurant, and she's like a hero of mine. She was at the, the restaurant. Best teeth, uh, the best teeth on TV. Only the teeth, and uh, and I I waved at her. Um, it was like the opening of her thing. She we didn't we didn't get to chat, but anyway, neither here nor there. Um, that's good. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. That's that's one of them. Be yourself. Be honest. And I I also think it's important to um, to hold your ground, right? You're not you're not always going to agree with everybody, and I think that's what that's what makes you unique. Unique, and um, 
Hey, David. Uh, and that's, uh, that's why people hire yeah. you. And that's why they want to work with you because they want yeah, what's in here. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. And um, just to that point, I remember like on, on LinkedIn. So my friend Rich who works at MTV, he kind of put something out and it was just like, you know, just a kind of a subjective design um, thing. So, and, and it's funny because I feel like sometimes I get on LinkedIn if I'm having a bad day and I'll just, uh, uh, from a, you know, my corporate badass kind of kicks in and I'll just lay the smack down on LinkedIn. Cause, cause I'm kind of a little bit like blue collar in that way. Like, like I'm not, I'm not cut from that like corporate claw. So when I see people like bullying my friends, essentially, I just snap into like Rob from the firehouse, which is a totally different person. <laughs> and I'm a volunteer fireman, by the way, if people don't know, but I, you know, awesome. I got in, I got into it this week on LinkedIn. Um, with you know with, with someone and and it's like people are like do you know they're like do you know who and listen listen it's all in good fun do you see this and you saw what i'm talking about like i don't even know the guy i was like talking to i just didn't like like the again the i didn't like the intent i thought it was kind of malicious and i thought that the way that they were like oh like enlighten these people or whatever and you know i thought to myself it's like am i somebody who was going to like engage in the comments that and i talked at length with my wife last night as we were like doing dishes about this hey sammy What's up, Sammy? Sammy's actually in the, in the other room, probably ready to kill me because I was supposed to be done a half hour ago and she's recording it. So we'll, <laughs> we'll wrap it up in a second here. Um, uh, no, but I, I was really kind of conflicted about it because it's like, yeah, like I got my point across and I was like standing up for it or, or, or whatever. But, you know, it's just people are always going to to weigh in. There's always a cute comment. Oh, she said I'm good, so that's good. Don't She's that's good. Oh, that's online. sweet. You actually gave her uh, access to your account. She's managing the Rob Johnson. Yeah, she's managing yours. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. yeah. No, that's not me. People are probably so confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I thought you were so multitasking. Funny. I was boring I, I you. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I'm scrolling through Instagram. No, but like, I'm not a confrontational person necessarily, but then I also need to get it out of my head. Like I'm going, like I said to her, I was like, I, I need to get it out of my head. Like I'm going to be the person who's going to like take out the sword and like deliver justice. I can, but I like shouldn't necessarily because it's like that person's going to make that comment anyway. And that, but then you're, and then like, if you, if you try and stand up, people be like, do you know who this person is? I think that in today's, if there's anything I've learned from this podcast, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. People like yourself can be very kind and generous and giving up their time. And as designers, we know what constructive criticism looks like, right? We, we know what unconditional advice looks like. What, what Faye gave me that day, the lobby at Hershey, that's unconditional, loving, coming from a good place, advice. The intent behind it is pure. It is to further the conversation. But then when people become assholes, it's like, that's a different thing. And I think that we as a design community need to look at it like the opposite of, of love is not hate, it's indifference. And it's like, you're not going to be able to change those people. And the more that you comment, the more engagement you create and the more yeah. negativity, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that under consideration, and I love under consideration, but it's, it's like an algorithm and it, and, and it gets going. The same can be said about Facebook, the same can be said yeah. about anything else. As designers, when we engage with people who put that kind of verbiage out there or, or say something as ignorant as it looks like a poop emoji, would you ever say that? Like, would you ever say that in a meeting if you were there? No, then like, but you get all hot and heavy on your keyboard and like, looks like a poop emoji, stupid. Having not been informed of the brief, 
having not been informed of like what went into it. And I really think that like we consciously need to like take back the reins and, and not indulge people who do that. Cause yeah. it's like the work that you did was informed. The work that you did is beautiful. It looks fucking great on a polo. It looks amazing. I wear that shirt all the time, <laughs> you know? And it's like, and it's, and it's great. And it's like, we cannot allow ourselves as designers to get into this like Twitter Reddit culture. It's, it's bigger than that. Like you said, there's yeah. huge problems to solve. But I think I need to disengage from thinking that I can change it. Have you, do you ever try and like make anonymous accounts and be like, yeah, hey, listen, no, 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 listen, you know, I have to tell you, you, should, I, you should live a I little, think, come on. No, listen, I, you know, I think one <laughs> thing, um, you know, I, I have to say, I got some miles out of the poop emoji. I probably talked about it for like a good year, like on the speaking circuit. It's a good story. But it, it's a true story, it's a real story. And man, it's something that, every single person in the design profession is going to experience at some point or another in their life. And Miserable you might be the like most that. amazing designer, right? Nobody is, uh, <laughs> nobody is immune. Uh, like nobody is immune from COVID. Wear your masks, wear your gloves, stay inside if you can. Um, nobody is immune from, from this type of feedback. But I think there's something... Um, you know, not to kind of go full circle. Have There's something you, you about kindness, that. right? You you did ask me something about that. And I want to, I do want to talk about like, I, this journey that I've been on this meditation, yoga, centering kind of piece, because it, it really has been, um, you know, a major part of, of just dealing with COVID every day, right? Yeah. I, I get up, I meditate. Um, I, I have my day at the end of the day, I meditate. And it, it just, it does bring a bit of peace. So now I'm, everyone's like, oh shit, <laughs> I lost them. But um, I have my I, first, I say, first therapy session tomorrow. I've been, I've been neglecting it and I'm doing it. I'm trying to be more mindful. Don't neglect, space, man. So. It's good. It's good. I'm you scared know kind of a little bit. I'm a little bit nervous. Here's a shout out to, here's a shout out to my therapist, Dr. Tony Ortega. Awesome wow. guy. <laughs> He's also awesome. a comic book uh, writer and, and artist. Anyway, but I say all of that because um, I, I think there's an element right you know, as a peer, anybody who is a designer, whether they're a junior designer or they're a creative director or a chief design officer or, you know, Jonathan Ivey, whoever you are, there is an element of empathy and kindness that supersede, in my opinion, should supersede any, anything and everything you're doing. Wait, um, it's, it's telling me we have two minutes left. It's kicking us off. What? Oh my gosh, Rob, we can go on for hours. All right. But I do think, yeah. I, I think that's like, just end on that, man. Don't forget about kindness. Don't forget about, you know, just being nice to people. Exactly. Like somebody spent like a long time thinking about whatever solution it is you're seeing on under consideration, dye line, uh, all great whatever. Sites, by the way, We're, I'm not all great, all great sites, absolutely. Sites. <laughs> that, but there's a lot of work that goes behind it. And you know what? Maybe if you saw the brief, you would have approached it differently. I totally get that. Or saw but maybe it would have been your work, and you would have exactly. had that same info, right? Exactly, dude. Where this has been amazing, legendary. <laughs> I got a little bit buzzed at the end, but I, considering I'm on my fourth year, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. One minute and three seconds left. Where can people find you online? I'm going to stitch this oh. all together, and my editing skills are amazing. Okay, look, guys, find me at Ron Burge Design. Um, I mostly am on Instagram. You could also find me at, uh, on LinkedIn at Ron Burge. I don't spend too much time on Twitter, 
Um, but uh, yeah, those are the two places. I did just post an amazing video today of, of me grooming my dog during quarantine because he just needed a cut. And uh, if you've got 11 minutes to spare, it, I, I've watched it so many times because I'm like, I can't believe that all just came out of my mouth in one take. Um, oh but yeah, take, take, a, take a look. But uh, at Ron Burge Design and, and look me up, follow me, um, drop me a note. I'm, I'm pretty good at, at replying. So this has amazing. been awesome, Rob. I'm so proud of you, man. I'm, I'm proud of you too and all the amazing things you've done. We have eight seconds. We're, we're jumping out here. We love you guys. Goodbye, Bye, Ron guys. Burge. Thanks for joining. Bye.